At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And with a collapse of the former superpower, several powerful factions now vie for control. The threat is real. An evil organization calling itself SCAR. Known only as SCAR. Their goal, nothing short of total world domination. Led by this man, known only as Iron Claw. We will be victorious, not on my watch. Hey everybody and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. This time we've decided for a change to talk about G.I. Joe. Wow! This is G.I. Joe Extreme. This is going to be episode 10. Now hear this. A delightful romp through the world of G.I. Joe Extreme. And to bring you on this journey, I am Ray Stacanus. I am Robert Clark Chan. I'm Gina Ippolito. Why are we all so unsure of who we are? Has it been that long since we've recorded? No, it's just you, like, just, uh, you, you're becoming a caricature of yourself, which is really weird because you were, or you were a caricature to begin with. So, yeah, I was going to say I was born a caricature of myself. So that's strange. Yeah. I don't know where we're, what territory we're headed into now. I've evolved into double parody. This is great. <laughs> oh, it's like the inception of knowing is half the podcast's race to Canis. Uh, it's Ooh. more of a uh, um, uh, oh damn it! What's the what's the other uh, uh, movie by that guy? The one with Memento. the magicians? No, no, no. Oh no. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. The, the Prestige. The Prestige. Thank you. Thank you. What me. was the other one that wasn't the Prestige that came out at the same time? Batman Begins. Uh, the Illusionist. Damn it! With uh, Ed Norton. Matinee with John Goodman. Never saw. Never saw uh, the Illusionist. That Jim Carrey movie about a movie theater. Ace Ventura. Two, When Nature Calls. Everybody knows. Anyway, Chad, how am I like that movie? I, you never explained. How are you like Ace Ventura 2, Nature Calls? Well, you don't need to, you don't need to explain that. I think the world already knows that, that answer. <laughs> All righty then. Oh, boy. I... I was just about to make a joke, and then I uh, remembered that uh, we were talking about it before the show, and so it would not make any sense during the show, and not also it was it's horrible and uh, uh, very uh, personal, and I would not do that to you. Uh, th- well, thankfully, podcast. hopefully you won't do it for a different podcast I'm, either. I'm, I'm saving, we, it, for, I'm saving we, it for your Facebook page. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post it, and then I'm going to tag your wife. It'll be oh, fantastic. yes. So that trend is back. So excited to hear it. <laughs> So for those of you that Chen, can I talk about this thing that we're doing this weekend? Uh, yeah. Am I allowed yeah. to talk about that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. You, you, guys, gonna, you guys are going to kiss? We're going to kiss <laughs> on camera for Patreon, thus ensuring we lose every Patreon subscriber we have. No. Um, uh, Robert Clark Chan and his partner, uh, Cy, right? I'm allowed to say that. Uh, uh, are coming over to do a different pod, keep coming over with his own podcast crew to my house. To Not even my, my podcast. Wife. How's yeah. that for a change? A third party podcast wants to talk to Chan and by proxy, of course, wants to talk to me. 
And what they're going to do, and Chad has pretty much laid this out for me before we started recording. What this crew is planning to do is these are what reality TV, real housewives people you said, Chan, is that correct? Something like that, maybe. And so they're going to set up in in my backyard and they're going to try to get me to say some sort of gotcha, anti-trans gender statement. So that way they can have it to hammer me with and make me look bad. (laughs) Chan has invited this into my house and I somehow said yes. We already, the gotcha's already begun. (laughs) This is, is that- they, they want this for, they, they need one thing for everyone in case anyone ever runs for president. Yep. Exactly. This is where I I'm mean, worried. When I run for president, this is the thing that's going to sink me, I but st- not with 30% of the country. I still haven't cleaned up my Twitter account. There are literally thousands of things that I have said that could oh, get geez. me in trouble. So yeah, have as bad it. as I've been on tw- uh, Twitter and other social medias in the past, and trust me on that. Chan, you have been worse. <laughs> In context, everything is totally fine. And I stand behind every single one of those things. Uh, out of context. Ooh, boy. Ooh, that's a shit I- show. Look, in context, most of the things I said are horrible. I actually saw a Facebook thing that said, hey, 12 years ago, you said this terrible thing about this actress that you definitely would not say today. Would you like to share that with the world? And I said, no, actually, I'd like to delete that post entirely. Thank you for reminding me. Just not. I was a different person back then. All right. Look, we were all young, edgy comics. Yes. And Gina's still a young, edgy comic. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say it. Look, Chan wasn't going to say it. I had to. (laughs) But we are talking today. Oh, yeah. So people at home, before we get into G.I. Joe, I shouldn't do this, right? Like, by the time this episode comes out, there will be still time for me to call it off. I shouldn't do it, right? Like, I am going to get completely... Uh, uh, destroyed on this and it won't be my fault because it will not be things I actually say but they're gonna gotcha me and get me to slip and say something and I feel like I feel like now this is a terrible mistake here's what you do as someone who worked for years transcribing for reality TV Mm -hmm. you give all of the interviews and just say the absolute worst most anti-trans stuff that you can possibly think of. And then at the end you can be like, was that good? I was hit in the head a lot uh, in college. So I hope it was good. And then if they release it, you, you release the footage of you saying that you got hit in the head and everyone will be like, Oh my God, that poor brain damaged man was tricked into saying terrible things by this evil corporation who knew he was brain damaged. I mean, look at him. Look at that man. He clearly has something severely wrong with him. Wait a Um, minute. Did the brain damage make him racist? Is that how? Wait, it's racism now too. How hard are these gotcha questions going to be? Oh, you have no idea. I'm just saying then he can say that everything was taken out of context. Oh, my God. You know, and uh, your honor, all I have to say for the court of public opinion is 500 episodes of knowing is half the podcast. <laughs> I'll wait. And then they'll go back through it and be like, yeah, you're racist. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this sucks. Why do I do this to myself? They'll be like, you've trained for 500 episodes. People just <laughs> hammering at you, like calling you uh 
racist and, and, and sexist and all sorts of horrible things. How could you? How could you step right into that and and uh, screw it up? How Clearly, was this you, the you thing mean, that got you? <laughs> the thing you saw coming <laughs> from the people you don't trust. How is yeah. this possibly? Anyway, we're talking every, about it. Yes. Just every episode of this podcast is a nail in each of our coffins. So just know that. I mean, look, <laughs> here's the deal. And this is the thing I will legitimately say. I feel that at least for myself, I can't speak for the two of you. I have legitimately grown as a person through my engagements with the two of you and this show. And I sit right now a better person, although way more brain damaged. Then when I started, what was it, 18 years ago? When did we start the show? Yeah, it seems like it. Look, if you want to become a better person, all it'll take is doing a five-year-long podcast with Gina and I. And we'll yeah. we'll do it for a nominal fee. Um, a nominal fee. Honestly, quite frankly, yes, a very nominal fee. Uh, nominal means like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, right? Uh, it does not, sadly. Oh, boy. Go to patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast and give Chan the $100,000 bracket that he so richly deserves. How far are we into the podcast? We haven't started talking about G.I. Joe yet. Let's have, do have it. It's been left. a few minutes. I don't minutes. even know uh, where uh, we this are. This is episode 10 of G.I. Joe Extreme. It's called Now Hear This. And I don't know how you guys feel. First off, this, this intro, this live action intro, I've gotten used to them. I love them. Live action giant CGI robots. Now, I didn't get this. They were flying around. It was Rampage the bad guy, Inferno the bad guy. And Rampage is trying to sell stuff to Inferno or Vito. Rampage is trying to buy stuff from Inferno, right? And no, no. Around. Rampage was trying to sell stuff to sell Inferno. stuff. There we go. And it's and not so- that hard, Ray. Inferno says, I need to test the merchandise first. And then goes down and shoots at them to see how hardy they are. And they explode. Gina, I'm working again, so my brain is more mushed than it already would be on a normal day. (laughs) I I have been traveling. I've been having personal, emotional distress. I filmed an an audition right before this. I had an audition. I filmed an audition. Leslie had to come over because I don't know how to work technology. So she did it all for me in exchange for some pumpkin Kringle. I don't know what fucking day it is. I'm (laughs) barely wearing pants over here. And still, I understood that opening. Gina, I'm pretty sure I figured out the source of your financial woes. (laughs) You're using pumpkin Kringle as currency. And that's look, not going to work for the bank. Look, I'm pumpkin Kringle rich, okay? I invested all of my money into the pumpkin Kringle. I accidentally left it out for a few nights and then it got moldy and now I'm broke. I mean, this all tracks, to be fair. So Inferno's the one buying the merchandise and and they they he blows up the robots then comes down and like grabs the pieces of the robots and is very happy. I didn't really understand what was happening. Chan, can you please? I can't handle this today. <laughs> no, we're just going to move on. It's the cold open. It doesn't really relate to anything anyway. It's like those first four minutes of uh, a Simpsons episode where they do a thing and then all of a sudden it turns out that the plot is actually something completely different. So we're just going to let Ray stew in his ignorance. Okay. Man, I, am I going to have to watch this it. again? <laughs> yeah, you are you going to have to watch the 30 second cold open intro <laughs> of a cartoon again? Yeah, you might. I might be able to work that in Saturday at about 2 p.m. That's about all the time I have right now. Uh, I'm just going to say up front, uh, right at the gate, if I had to watch this episode again, I wouldn't mind it. 
it was not an a episode bad episode that I I I, I actually actually genuinely kind of enjoyed uh, more than I uh, expected to. Wait, Almost why are you surprised? Off. I feel like we've been consistently enjoying GI Joe Extreme. Like, like getting... you you have certain complaints, like the the music videos and and things like that. But usually, even you admit that the plots are not bad. I, I, it's that thing where I've been slowly acclimating to the just god awful '90s over the top extreme aesthetic, and which at the very beginning was absolutely getting in the way of me enjoying anything. Even though I was like, "Yes, structurally, this all makes sense. All of these pieces are in the correct order," and uh, you know, they're like no holes. And like now, I'm kind of like, "Okay, you know what? If I just sort of like tune out." you know, the then uh, like, this isn't so bad. Yeah. You, you've evolved. I, that's wow, not a word that grown. I would use for this. No, <laughs> not growing, uh, growing colder and harder in my heart. That's a, that's a thing that's happening. Uh, how about, how about we get, we get, uh, we're about to get bootleg knockoff Tomax and Zaymot. Okay. Yeah, thank you for saying it because cool. I was coming with it. If you weren't, um, like so this we all, episode we begins... all recognize that that's what they're supposed to be, right? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Now look, uh, so Inferno is flying a jet, like a Harrier jet, and he's flying it through New York City. He just goes to a building, which is basically extensive enterprises. Basically, he 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 hangs it flying outside like the thirtieth story window, uh, uh, and it's it's a cable shopping network board meeting. And I'm like, where the hell are we going <laughs> with this? Uh, weirdly, today I uh, had a VTOL craft hover over me for most. We went to the goddamn Statue of Liberty today, okay? Wow. And as we were there, I even got a picture of it because uh, it was irritating the hell out of me. I was like, it's a shot of the Statue of Liberty and one of those, uh, like a, it looked one of those airplanes where yeah. the, the engines like turn vertical and they sort yeah. of like hover. Just uh, like a just, Sort of just like going back and forth. And then I was like, this is ridiculous, whatever. And then we got back into uh, uh, New York City proper, and there was still another one flying over like Battery Park. I'm like, what? For Christ's sake. Did we get invaded? They, no, they were there for Chan. Oh. It's entirely possible. Now that I think about it, it does make a lot of sense. Uh, I was being followed by a lot of people in uh, uh, black suits, uh, black hats, sunglasses. Uh, but w- what I'm saying is those motherfuckers are loud. So yeah. if you're hovering in front of a big ass plate glass window, not only would you be seen very clearly, yes. it would also be hard to talk over the noise. Yeah, and be shaking the windows, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of things would be happening, but somehow this is a Cobra, or I'm sorry, mm, uh, Scar Jet, and it's completely silent uh, and invisible. I don't know; it just works that way. <laughs> He's spying on these these these. Are they, I don't think they're twins. Uh, but no, I, I couldn't tell actually, like, cause at first I was like, oh, they're not twins. And then at the end I realized like their facial designs are very similar. It's just one is wearing glasses and they're not dressed the same. So I was like, you know what? They could be twins. Could be. Uh, but I think I, I, I bet it was probably like pitched as twins and someone was like, oh, it's too much like the original. And people were like, so, and they were like, we're trying to do something different. But uh, uh, I mean, I liked these characters. Uh, yes, you know, be, being a bully when I was little, I sided with them the entire time. Oh, Lord, of course. So, you did. Uh, but but also, I do like I, I have. I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I have cracked the code of what 
G.I. Joe Extreme does. And and uh-huh. it's not a bad thing. I enjoy it. But they basically start with something that would normally be one of the OG episodes. Uh-huh. So, for instance, in this meeting, these twins who are, ba- I guess, bad at selling shitty merchandise on on public shopping networks say wait investors we have this machine that that using subliminal messages it brainwashes people so now and then they give us all their money so now that in and of itself would be a plot in this in the original sunbow era and it would be that and it would be the joe's trying to get to this machine to shut it down before Cobra has all of these millions of dollars to, I don't know, build a rocket on the moon or whatever it is. So they start with that and then they go totally off the rails, which I appreciate because this was like, okay, great. What if these bad guys had this machine and they're using it to get lots of money to fund their nefarious things? And instead this was like, yeah, what if they had this machine fun and nefarious things. But then this fucking crazy weird incel dude who was bullied and then went insane, like uses it to get his revenge. <laughs> yeah. So, so to fill in I'm, some of the details there really quick, I'm, it's the Grunback brothers. Uh, they make and distribute products, which are terrible. And they say, we have special audio. We're going to play over the home shopping network, whatever thing. And we're going to uh, use a mesmerizer. Um, uh, 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 and, and Chad, you want to add to that? Uh, no, what I was going to say is that I would really like to see, uh, Buzz's original, um, I don't know if you would have called it a show Bible back then, but like, it's, yeah. I think he was saying that like he, he gave them season one and then they just fucked it all up, but well, that it makes sense. Then it feels like, like he may have just given them like what would actually be, you know, um, Sunbow era GI Joe episodes. And then, as you say, just uh, uh, started with that skeleton and then wrote him off the rails. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. Which I, which I appreciate, actually. Yeah. I was I was rewatching some old regular show episodes today. Not the ones that I worked on, but... And they're, they're the sort of... shitty ones, am I right, Gina? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ones that won Emmys, whereas the ones that I write did not... Uh, uh, but they, you know, they, they have this formula that it starts with sort of a, a a mundane thing like Mordecai and Rigby are going to rake the leaves. And that's sort of the first act is go, we don't want to rake the leaves. How do we get out of raking leaves? And then it goes off the rails. Like for instance, they find a really cool rake and the rake turns out that if you, if you rake fast enough, it brings you into an alternate dimension or something like that. So I appreciate that this starts out with normal sort of Sunbow era, you know, normal in quotes because the plans are always insane, but like this would be Tomax and Zaymot pitching to Cobra commander and saying like, oh, we've got it, you know, like Destro has a design for this machine that will blow up the moon, but we need to fund it. So we've, we bought a public television station and this is what we're doing. And then the rest is, is the Joe's sort of, you know, like realizing what's going on and stopping it. And then, but then this was like, what if, but what if there's a mentally ill person involved? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, and Chen, do you have the actual sales pitch sound drop for this blender advertisement? Because it did sort of make me laugh. Some of the lines in there happen real fast, but they are really funny to me. Amazing. Amazing. I just, I love the parody in there. I love the Julian fries. Even if you don't want Julian fries, everything about that makes me happy. Yep. Yeah. And they even did the math for me. Thankfully they sold 1000 cause that's how many they had. And they sold them in 10 seconds after, because at first there's like, boo, it doesn't work. And they're like, let's try it again with the audio. And then after the audio plays, they sell a thousand of them for a million dollars total in 10 seconds, which uh, uh, blows my mind. Like how, these are phone orders. How did it happen so fast? Mm-hmm. Let's not dwell on this. Don't worry about that. Uh, at this point, you know, they're like, wow, we're going to do the thing. We just made a million dollars whenever we want to. And I kind of like, I wish I had this. Honestly, I wish I wish this is a thing. I could just have a million dollars whenever I needed it. It's a good, good trick I to don't. have in your bag. I don't. Oh, you don't? <laughs> no. Some of us live for more than just money, sir. Oh, not this guy. Hell Some no. of us live for the daily terror of never knowing if they're going to work again. Uh, hold on. I, I just need to uh, remind everybody that when Gina says that uh, some of us aren't working for uh, just money, she is referring to pumpkin Kringle. So like in that respect, <laughs> yes, uh, we do need to live for more than just pumpkin Kringle. <laughs> no, I disagree. All you need is pumpkin Kringle. <laughs> That's I'm going to re-record the song and that's what we're going to say. All you need is pumpkin giggle. Okay, I'm Did you guys know Taco Bell has kids meals? Okay, wait. Can I just can I just ask Ray something that I just thought of? Uh What is happening? Ray came over my house to get my keys the other day to watch my cats. When I was away and uh, I had bought two Happy Meals recently. That's correct. Because, because it's 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 Disney's 50th anniversary and they have Disney toys inside that I wanted. Got love I, it. I gave we them both to Ray. We got the mini one and it's trash. Oh, what? I got the mini one and I loved it. The mini one's it's, great. It's setting her on like a, like a little pedestal thing. Ugh. Love yeah, it. and that, I mean that's what all of them do. They ha- all well, stand on a pedestal in front of a uh, little thing, but the thing oh, really? moves. The Space Jam one, the lenticular bah. The Space Jam ones had a had a a, a, a wily coyote that was attached to a, a rocket. But when you flip the switch, wily coyote would fly off the rocket. You know why? Acme toy uh, thing good. work for Be- that was because all because some That's things need pomp and circumstance, and some just stand on their own. And wow! Stuff. But I did. I got a character I didn't know, and and I ended up giving both of them to Ray. And I want to know: Did Luna like them? She loved them. She actually takes them to to school now. She takes them to daycare yes. every day, so she could play with them there. Did you tell her they were for me, or did you take all the cool points? Look, I sat her down. And I looked her square in the eye and I said, I just came from Gina's. These are from me. I looked at her square in the eyes and I said, no, I said they were from you. 
um, uh, as if she, you know, uh, you could possibly be cooler to her. Yes. Uh, Not possible. All all I have left is pumpkin Kringle and kids thinking I'm cool. (laughs) What Uh, else do you need, really? Egon still hates you, Gina, just so you know. You know what? I only need one. I only need <laughs> one kid to start my kid army. You better buy more Happy Meals. You're going <laughs> to lose this gravy train. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm always out for buying, buying I, new uh, Happy Meals. It's almost like they've been pumping me full of subliminal messages. Now, see, oh, did boy. you like that transition back? I love no, it. Speaking of subliminal messages... <laughs> Inferno shatters the windows of this boardroom, jumps out of his jet into it, steals the thing. I think he steals. Does he steal the the mesmerizer? Yes. Yes, I but hope there's so. a flashback first. But then he says, do you guys, do you brothers not recognize who I am? 20 years ago, Inferno was the maid's son. These kids obviously came from money. I love the fact that G.I. Joe isn't pretending that... Our economic system isn't broken, that these two shysters who sell absolute garbage on television aren't independently uh, wealthy from a trust fund. I think that's delightful that they're yeah, willing I to bet go their there. Dad, I bet their dad gave them money to start this company and they were like really, like really ran it into the ground. Probably just like a small realize. loan of like a million dollars. Both of these guys are, were hired basically uh, to be basically CEOs of this QVC type company that was purchased by this larger company. So they're just flunkies, basically. They're middle management. They're they're not much of anything. Well, middle management CEOs. I mean, except that they friggin' uh, created a mesmerizer, which really they should have focused on that part of their skill set. <laughs> yeah, probably could have sold that for a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but can I just say that, like, Inferno as a kid is truly terrifying looking. He, he really oh, is. yes. He, uh, I mean, look, so I would have also bullied bully the shit out of him, and then he would have come for his revenge years later. Uh, he is still missing hair. He's got buck teeth. He's got, like, one tooth. Like, and, and you know that that kid, like, kills animals or something like that. No, no. You've seen American Psycho. Surely you know that these rich kids are the ones who are killing animals and this i think uh, they're all killing animals i think they're killing animals i think that kid is essentially trash can man i think inferno <laughs> used to be trash can man this is actually more evidence that he's trash can man he he burned up old lady something's pension check or whatever he did in in the stand <laughs> because that's exactly how i picture little trash can man as like a weirdo who gets bullied because they're like oh you masturbate to fire and you burned up the old lady's pension check and you did this i'm just saying they all deserve to be bullied all kids except for luna who thinks i'm awesome deserve <laughs> to be bullied there you go Thank i don't you. understand how we could have seen the same show both been like <laughs> pretty on board with it and yet seen it so very differently because <laughs> i was 100 on inferno's side <laughs> you would be you would be no look I'm i was also on inferno's side so i think i know which two of the three of us got bullied when we were kids <laughs> and who was a bully i think look, we've everyone just outed gets ourselves bullied. everyone gets bullied not everyone turns into an inferno yes you some, did some of them turn- yeah exactly. <laughs> 
uh, also, uh, no, but, I also hate the rich kids in this in this scenario. I hate the oh, rich kids for being rich little brats. I hate Inferno for being such a weird one toothed. And and you know, like he's going around biting babies and shit with that one tooth. Jesus, why would why why would he? I don't understand <laughs> what's happening. Look, that's his, specific enough that I think that you are going around biting yeah. babies and running out of you, trying to put an army, and they're they gross. They're all sticky and shit. Uh, real quick, he says that this was twenty years ago, and they were what, like six, seven then? I so, was going to say oh, like boy. ten. I was 10? thinking like nine or ten. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you th- so that means that uh, Inferno is now thirty. Even though he he's seems older, than he's eighty-five. <laughs> Wait, so oh, oh, see, I thought you were gonna, you were thinking he was like gonna be younger or something because he should be further along in his career if he's thirty. <laughs> no, a career Jen. of a supervillain. Yeah, he's yeah, like he, he should be upper management by now. He Jen, is what, upper management. What you don't understand is he was sixty-five <laughs> in that clip. GI Joe will return after these messages. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Nobody beats the It's the Cobra Imp. Cobra Imp's a tower of rocket power. The rockets separate to lay down anti-vehicle mines. That's why the Imp's so important to Cobra. Nobody beats G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe Swamp Master. There's Storm Shadow and Shockwave. Swamp Master's ready for some Cobra chasing. Ripping through the swamp with cannon blazing. And nobody beats G.I. Joe. A real American hero. Swamp Master, Cobra Imp, and figures sold separately. Joe, Joe. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Gotcha. Okay, now that makes more sense. Yeah. Now, his name is Kidwell. The, the kids just bully the living shit out of him immediately. Like, they don't wait even a second. They're like, oh, do you have, a, do you have some makeshift airplane? We're going to fucking destroy it in front of you and tell you you'll never have anything good in your life. Like, they don't just, like, they don't just bully him. They get goddamn psychological with it. Like, this thing, this yeah. thing gets crazy. I will also say... To be fair, we all know that this is actually the mom's fault, right? Because she's oh, like, yes. oh, hello, sons. Here's a freak that I found in the basement. Treat him well. Ta-ta. And then, like, leaves. She clearly doesn't know her kids are assholes. Yeah. Well, uh, I, and she somebody never had checks in something. on them again. You're telling me she yeah. never checks in on them again? Oh, no. God, no. I wouldn't have. I, uh, when uh, my kid gets that age... Absolutely going to leave him with uh, neighbors and just like, hey, play nice, shut the door, and then go have a drink. <laughs> Hell these- no. My mom checked on us to, if we needed snacks to make sure we it were having be- fun, but also, you know, unspoken thing to make sure we weren't biting babies. <laughs> no, look, when Egon gets to be like nine or 10 years old, Chan is 1000% just going to leave him at some comedy dude's house for the weekend. Mm hmm. That is absolutely going to happen. I don't care which comedy dude either. Just whoever. Doesn't matter. They're all the same. They're all oh, twenty-four God. years old and white. Like what? And then, you're, and then, like you're gonna come home, and and Egon's gonna be like, "Women are bitches. I deserve sex." And you're gonna be like, "Where'd you learn that?" And he's gonna be like, "You've been leaving me with comedy dudes for years, Dad." <laughs> 
But to be fair, his delivery on that line is going to be incredible. Yeah, he punches it right, and that's important. You can't, but... you can't even get mad at him, honestly, if you think about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Inferno kidnaps. We are barely like five minutes into this episode. I mean, Inferno do you want me kid- to do the recap again like I do when I speed through? Um, good. <laughs> Inferno kidnaps the, the, the Grunback brothers and goes on an air chase with them, which was a lot of fun. Uh, at one point, he shoots down one of the members of the Joe team who just bails out and lets the airplane fall onto a busy New York street and nobody cares or mentions it again. Dude, have you ever been to New York? No one, like everyone is constantly angry, but no one really gives, like I've seen people sidestep men shitting on the sidewalk before. <laughs> Look, uh, I had to go, all right? Jeez. That is that is not an inaccurate statement. Is yeah. It? I've, like I've everyone's constantly been... angry and and like yelling about things, but really they could see a stabbing right in front of them, and they would be like, "Oh God, I'm spilling my coffee over here. What are you doing? I... All right, I gotta go to the subway now." When I was a kid, I learned everything I needed to know about New Yorkers from the movie Ghostbusters. And y'all remember this is when Rick Moranis is being chased by the monster, runs to the very fancy bistro restaurant, banging on the window, being, please let me in. There's something going to kill me. Let me in. Turns around, (laughs) gets murdered by it. And literally everybody one second later turns back to their conversations uh, uh, as one. And I'm just like. I understand New York completely based on this one moment, and I am seven. Yep. Uh, I spent a month here and can confirm that uh, everybody is Kitty Genovese in this. <laughs> uh, they, feel they real weird about it. Timely. Wow. Look at you. Look at you. Okay. So, uh, uh, oh, I wrote here after the bully scene, I was like, just Inferno, you can fucking murder them. It will be nothing to me. Murder these two bullies. I'm fine with that. Uh, go for it. Uh, great. So this dude from GI Joe drops. We cut to commercial. We come back. He has a grappling hook, and he, he makes the save with Mayday. Where he jumps out. He, uh, he he ejects. He's got the parachute, and Inferno's like not good enough. Oh, you're sets right. Fire to the parachute. He burns the parachute. <laughs> kind of rat. That's you're a right. great move. That's a true supervillain move. There. Mm-hmm. That's a dick move. And I, I, I the bad job me because that was pretty amazing, and I loved Inferno for it. I wish he would have set those brothers on fire. Um, but we'll see what happens to them later. Mm. Uh, so uh, Lieutenant Stone goes into the board because apparently he can just do this now. Oh, Inferno is here. I'm just going to jump in through the destroyed window and root around this office. Oh, quick sidebar. Uh, uh, because when uh, what's his face, uh, uh, Outbacker jumps. Inferno. Junction, uh, whatever. No, no, the Function. Joe who... Um, uh, oh, I forgot calling. his name. It's the Rastafarian he, guy yeah. with the dreadlocks. Uh, he gets saved and he says, Tanks, matey, I owe you one. Uh, which, r- weirdly, another thing that I was doing today, in addition to going to the Statue of Liberty, uh, you can't get in there, by the way. And that's really all my kid ever wanted to do was oh, go no. inside the Statue of He wanted to get up in him guts, is the deal. Okay. He is really into uh, um, looking at uh, the insides of things lately. Oh, Which that's super, super creepy. creepy. Yeah. yeah. Tell, yeah. tell the people at home about that thing you bought him. Uh, <laughs> the dissectable Elmo. Yeah. What the fuck, Chan? <laughs> you know what? I always said that I would, uh, uh, I, I wouldn't push him to do anything, but, uh, whatever I found out, discovered his interests were, I would lean into them and help him, 
discover those things. And apparently he's into uh, <laughs> cutting up animals and people. And so like, yeah, oh, here we go. Jan, we were just having a whole conversation about children murdering animals. And you're right here giving your kid dissectable Elmo. Are you saying that I shouldn't have given them that scalpel? Is that is that my that's my bad. No, I, the scalpel was fine. You shouldn't have then had a play date with another child and told him to go to town. And they just shut the door and go for a drink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh here's the thing. I, I found out about this thing called uh Mattelotage, which was uh oh, same sex civil unions amongst pirates and some oh, sailors cool. in the seventeenth and eighteenth century. Like it was it was gay marriage um they they would uh, uh like if one of them passed away the other person would inherit their you know money kind of thing i could dig um, it and uh, uh, uh it derives from the same word uh that we get matey from because uh, uh the, the word uh the french word was like metal or something like that many meaning a soul, sailor so uh, what does so- this mean for metal toys did we just learn something uh yes uh wow. they're all soups gay um, well understood but i think knew we that all, at a young age think we all knew that yeah that's yeah. true anyway that was just a so, fun fact for you let's move on so lieutenant stone finds the tape that they were using as an example and he says let's take it back to base so we go back to base heavy metal uh is like is is using the tape he plays the tape both of them end up buying a goddamn blender even though they're all sold out plot hole i know I know how, how did they do this? I don't know, but they both buy the blenders. No, they and then just in the very buy- next scene, they have the blenders. How fast is this shipping? No, 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 no. They just wanted food processors. So they went out and got food processors. A, food processor is not a blender. How dare you? You should know the difference. <laughs> the same goddamn B, thing. You, you just go down to a freaking Walmart uh, and pick up a food processor. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You can get he two. Says so literally, can, like, I should call. These are the ones hummus. from the ad. Chan, I will. I'm angry at you. What? No, because when they break down the uh, uh, signal, they find out it just says like, "Buy, buy. You gotta buy. You want this. True. You want this." So now, 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 now. He specifically said food processor, and probably just like wasn't paying real close attention to the make and models. It's like, All you right. know, what? I give me a Cuisinart. I mean, okay, fair enough. I say uh, that as someone who has uh, clearly been uh, affected by subliminal messaging because I. I got me multiple multiple food processors. No, yeah, you I, got a lot I, of myself, stuff. I felt the urge to buy a magic bullet, and it was beyond my control. I somehow avoided it, but I know exactly what that feeling is like, and I cannot explain it or understand it. I love my ninja. I'm not gonna lie, it's a great, it's a great. Uh, buy, buy, sell, sell. No, buy it all. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> so Inferno is now tormenting these brothers. Um, he's you know setting stuff on fire around him. He's like, "Ha ha, I'm gonna get you!" And then he uses okay. this new cannon device, the mesmerizer. Uh, he uses it on the brothers and makes them love him because deep down, all he wanted was their approval. Um, all he wanted was the world to love him and not treat him like shit. And so you know, he's he's a he's a tormented, fragmented damaged soul inside the super villain. He's an incel. If you don't He's- identify with Inferno, you are a monster. Thank Just- you. If you identify with say. Inferno, you are an incel who is one manifesto and a shooting away from just wreaking havoc. 
please, I have several manifestos and I have never set any parachuting G.I. Joe on fire. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I do like this. This is particularly twisted that he yeah. that he is doing this. Chad, I, I would only argue that, like I will say that my hope like as soon as he starts to do this my hope was that he would he would have a scarecrow-esque uh uh like brain thing like it would it would yeah. either backfire on him and either like you know leave him catatonic like you know how in Batman anytime you're a, like a psychological villain at some point you're going to you're going to taste your own stash Yep and and see your worst fears if you're scarecrow or 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 something else uh or like overdose on vertigo or whatever so i was kind of hoping that that happened and i will say i was not i was not disappointed they found a way to sort of tie that out. in um I, I just wanted to say to the earlier point uh chan the only reason why you haven't set a parachuting gi joe on fire is because you have not had the opportunity Yes, I thought Given that the was moment, that not, you would have done it. Do we, I believe I've made my uh, uh, feelings on which side of the <laughs> Cobra Joe divide I would be on. That's I've fair. never made any qualms about that. I mean, fair enough. Okay, so uh, he also, uh, Inferno also turns this device on Rampage, and now Rampage is his bestie in a real weird sequence where he turns like into the Green Man, then back, and Green Man, and back for seemingly no good reason other than Inferno's fucking with him. No, and I, I, thought that I, was I kind actually of fun. loved this because because it's basically like he's already has a fucking crazy mind that's be, that's True. been affected by something that isn't supposed to be in the human body. So I loved this warring of which terrible thing is stronger. Is it his crazy homemade potion that turns him from Dr. Jekyll to Mr. Hyde? Or is it this piece of technology that's been created? I like that we were seeing like, oh shit, like this is what happens if you if you take two terrible things and try and mush them into one human brain. Okay, here's the deal, into it into it so uh we cut back to gi joe they've discovered the secret of the tape now they understand it's subliminal messaging and they're going to have to work against it uh at this point uh a big tank i mean uh, inferno shows up in style with a big hold tank hold on hold on we need yes. to just real quick talk about this sequence here where they figure out uh, oh, okay what ex what exactly is going on with the tape and uh sergeant stone the leader of this organization the person who uh, has, you know, the overview and the big picture, he's uh, their strategist, uh, knows what the knows what the sound does. And and his question is, uh, but what could Inferno want with What could Inferno want with a mind control could, device? He what asked, could a villain do with mind control? <laughs> I don't know. There's so many, uh, yeah, options. Uh, maybe he's going to do something bad with it uh i think that's a fair i think that's a fair assessment stone <laughs> yeah this is uh this one's a thinker now, i like that inferno shows up with a big honking tank because he's balling now because he's feeling it oh uh, yeah he brings iron claw uh they go let's go do the thing uh cool and oh iron claw says you're gonna run stuff by me right now like i'm tired you like you you messed up the thing i don't know what you were doing in new york I, he probably Iron Claw probably had some tendrils on this shopping channel that now Inferno has fucked up. He's very very mad. But Wait Inferno a minute. is ready Wait to show up. Hold on, hold on. I'm yes. sorry. I'm sorry. I just realized what he said. Ruined an operation I spent months setting up. 
More than a million dollars was wasted thanks to you. Did he buy one thousand oh, no. food processors? Plus shipping. It is. It's a thousand dollars. The uh, more than a thousand dollars is the shipping for a thousand food processors. Oh, I'm assuming it's all in R and D. I'm gonna tell you what? right now. If Iron Claw's plan involved having a thousand people watching the food, uh, the the shopping channel, then he deserved exactly what he got. <laughs> that was a bad plan. I'm just saying that there, that can't be a coincidence. No, that's that, that is right on point. That is kind of funny. Maybe he did buy all of them himself. Um, pretty good. So he says, let's go to the Normandy safe house of uh, of Scar. Okay, great. So we go no, to the Normandy right. safe house. You think we, he would know because we just did this last episode yeah. or the episode before. Just send me a text. Just tell uh, me in an email. Right. This doesn't have to be a meeting. It doesn't have to be a, a in-person meeting. Just fucking uh, uh, send me a video. He likes to see stuff for himself. And I appreciate they get to the Normandy base. G.I. Joe immediately attacks. He's like, what the hell? And Inferno's like, oh, I invited them here. (laughs) Like, God (laughs) damn it, Inferno. I know you're proud of your thing, but you could have tested it out on anybody. (laughs) Also, like, can I just say that? So he's about to he's about to mess with everyone. And he does it in like the most. I mean kind of delightful way ever like he could have made them fight club each other Mm -hmm. like if if my if my worst enemies were in a room i feel like i would set it to like beat each other almost to death mode but he's like oh you learned to juggle and now you're practicing juggling juggling grenades you guys are dancing it's fun Oh, it gets wild because oh, he hits Metalhead with it, who immediately uh, attacks one of the G.I. Joe vehicles and blows it up. He hits the rest of the team. Yeah, juggling grenades. Uh, Mayday and I think Stone start making out. Like, mm-hmm. that was crazy. Uh, at well, which point, and, yeah. And then kiss, uh, kissing in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all very... He he has the mind of a child. Makes sense. Iron Claw turns is like, I love this. This thing works. Give me the device. Also, Inferno- let's, not, let's not forget yeah. that some Joe here walks away with a new skill, juggling. Juggling Who among yeah. us wouldn't want to be able to juggle like five grenades at a time. Yeah, got- I would let someone. Way. I would let someone briefly brainwash me if it meant that after five minutes I knew how to juggle for the rest of my life. But doesn't mm. he lose the ability once the mesmerization wears off? It's a good question. Shut up, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Get it on video, put it on YouTube, and then it, we're done. I don't have to know how to do it anymore um, until until the Tonight Show calls. Okay, so <laughs> he says, he's give me the device, Iron Claw says. And Inferno was a flashback of, you know, give me all your shit. You'll never have anything. He says, no. Uh, he blasts Iron Claw with the device, and the effect wears off on the Joe team. And they're like, yo, that was bad. Uh, and and Mayday and Stone are like, you know, they don't talk to each other. Like nobody, nobody really comes to grips with that moment or talks about what it means uh, in a big picture scale. Interesting. <laughs> so he says, we find out uh, that there's a Puerto Rico satellite tower that the if he. Arecibo radio telescope, right? It's an actual thing. <laughs> oh, I didn't know this. Uh, I, I assume that's, that's where they broadcast Hamilton from. Am I incorrect? Uh, it is. It is not a thing that is used to broadcast. It is a radio oh. telescope. It is used to collect signals from outer space. How did I not know about that? That's cool as hell. Good job, Puerto Rico. 
Uh, haven't you seen uh, Contact? Oh, yeah. I guess a long time ago. Yeah. The, remember that huge-ass uh, oh, dish thing? If you ask me if I remember anything about that movie, the answer uh, is no thank you. Uh, I, I still like it. It's a good movie. I mean, I, I, I remember it being good. That's all I could say to that. I forget a lot of things now, Chan. Um, could we, uh, uh, so heavy metal gives an explanation of what is, you know, what, what needs to happen with the device and what he can do to combat the device. And Chan, I would love this sound drop because this is about a science mumbo jumbo. I'm going to need you to explain to me as we've ever gotten. Well, it's a stupid biosonic feedback. Like a tone poem that fries your mind by riding the waves through a triple modulation loop and feeding it out a masked up modified oscillator. Who should be able to unscrew his down and juice him through his toes? Uh, yeah, whatever you say. Chan, you're the resident science jerk on this show. What did what what does that mean? Uh, he ran it through a guitar pedal. Oh, he ran it through a guitar pedal. That's basically all that happened there. Oh, <laughs> hey, here's the deal. Great job, writers. You made me believe. Um, uh, yeah, th- that's the second uh, um, uh, techno babble uh, segment in the show, and both of them were actually, you know, like not too bad. Not bad. Like, uh, I like that. you're just uh, you're just using like you know like actual uh, audio engineering terms, and you know, yeah, it's a little a little bit bullshitty, but also it, it sounds pretty legit, even when you're like listening to it. Like, Okay. And I'll be honest, I liked his delivery. Like that type of character voice, that cool surfer dude voice from the 90s always makes me cringe. Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles looking at you. Uh, but when it's his delivery on that line really worked for me. I felt like he was trying to explain it as best he could, knowing it was already impossible. But he <laughs> tried, he tried to do it anyway and tried to make it dumb it down as much as he could, and it still was impossible. I, mean, I really liked that line read a lot. He just had the conversation with him where it's like, what could he possibly want with a mind control ray? So he's like, <laughs> he oh, God, I know how this is going to go. All right. Uh, I'm just going to say some words and we're just going to move on from here. What could Thunk the Caveman do with that club? <laughs> um, I mean, to okay. be fair, you could do a lot of, you can tenderize meat. You can you use it as a decoration. You can hang a hat on it. You can, you can, you can hang a hat on it. some bristles to it and use it as a broom. You can do someone in the butt with it as long as it's consensual. All of that is accurate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, this leads me to my favorite line in the entire episode because and it just to set it up here, Chan, I'm assuming you know what line I'm talking about here. To set up this line, Inferno is headed to this this radio tower to broadcast. He knows G.I. Joe is on the way, and he's going, and he knows that things could go badly soon, and he definitely needs his device to work again on G.I. Joe, to which point he turns and says, Hurry up! They don't love me soon. I'm going to be in big trouble! <laughs> I love everything about that line. That is That is a pretty great line, yeah. The number That's how of times... I feel when I go into every TV meeting. That's it, right? <laughs> every every does, show does it, I've ever done. Does it end up the same way as it ends up for Inferno? Uh, yeah, yeah. I end up. Uh, someone ends up brain dead every time. <laughs> and 
as if this show hadn't been crazy enough, they decide to ratchet it up a notch towards like with three minutes to go in the episode because he successfully zaps the world with his Inferno love machine. Yep. And he hits the machine and it don't work for nobody but Inferno. (laughs) More Gina singing. The people have spoken. Um, (laughs) The, it's the present. All these people are mid speech, which just makes me laugh. How many speeches that are important are all happening at the exact same time as this Inferno? So the president is mid televised speech. He stops what he's saying to say it's like Inferno Appreciation Day nationally, which is awesome. And then they cut to the Nobel Prize. And Chan, you got to play this because this shit also <laughs> made me laugh. And this year, the Nobel Prize goes to. Inferno in all categories. <laughs> what a re- inferno in all categories. I mean, I'm this is dying. what Donald. This is what Donald Trump would do if he had one of those things. He would do exactly what Inferno is doing. Oh, oh did sure. you not realize? Do you that still inferno not? Was what? a Donald Trump analog? Oh, but you, mm. but you, uh, uh, you relate to him and empathize with him, do you, Chan? God damn it! Voiced <laughs> my own petard. Uh oh. <laughs> Uh, look, so at this point, like, you know, the one thing that G.I. Joe Extreme loves to do that we haven't done yet with like two minutes to go in the episode, a goddamn music video. <laughs> uh, yeah, when they did this, I realized they hadn't done it up until that point. And yeah. I, was, I think that that's probably why Chan liked this episode so much. <laughs> <laughs> so the final fight is like a minute long music video again with nothing but music playing. And, and, you know, essentially what happens is, is that Inferno shoots the device at GI Joe. It hits like all of them, except for heavy metal. Who's flying around on this crazy, like piano guitar. This is like straight out of metalocalypse. Like this is what death clock would be riding around stage on in the future. It's crazy. And he's got his guitar weapon out. He's absorbing the device, shooting it back. And instead of doing anything weird, it just blows up the base. Yeah. It's a feedback. He's said a feedback loop. So it's basically like, uh, the end of any smashing pumpkins concert. Okay. Fair. And this sort of is what happened in the long live rock and roll two parter in the Deke era GI Joe. Remember their sonic weapon that they had slightly different, but basically the same thing. He blows up the Island and ever all the co- oh, Cobras, all the scars take off. Uh, everybody's fine. Inferno, like, ah, well, it happens. We don't really even talk to him anymore after that. Uh, the effect wears off on everybody, except for they go and find the Grunback brothers in the base. Gina, you want to tell us what happens? I think this is the part you were yeah. alluding to before. Yeah, so I was hoping that I was hoping that the the uh, I, I was kind of hoping that it would happen to Inferno, but I think it's much more appropriate that it happens to the makers of this machine. Uh, and, and they're like, oh, are you back to normal? What do you remember? And they're basic. Wait, why doesn't Chan just play it? Because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't set him up, Gina. Why, no, we don't remember a thing about anything. End of, End of episode. <laughs> yeah. End of the guitar wow. Riff, which like, I, <laughs> I it, forgot about it's that. It's such an abrupt, such an abrupt ending Yes. They don't even let you sit with it. Like, nope. like if this was a Twilight Zone, it would be like we don't remember a thing about anything. And then, like you know, it would the camera would pull out, and then yeah. maybe you would see you would see them like being taken around a hospital or something like that, learning how to retie their shirts. 
but it literally just ends and then goes immediately into the PSA. For a second, I thought the PSA was like, no, no, we got to go back because Gina said that they were learning how to retie their shirts. (laughs) Do you mean like, like halter top, like uh, pulling the bottom of it and tying a little knot so that their midriff shows? Or do you mean like one of those like old uh, Shakespearean troop shirts where they have lace at the top they have to tie up? Because I have never in my life tied or retied a shirt. You know what? Call me David Fincher because it's up for interpretation, okay? <laughs> you know, can I say right now, that last exchange has made me terrified for this weekend because if Chan will hammer on that point and these people are more gotcha and better at it than Chan is, I am in deep shit. I would argue nobody's better at it than me. Okay, maybe maybe true. Maybe true. Maybe that's why you're there. You, you've learned from a master, so you have all the skills you need now. Okay, fair enough. I'm so screwed. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I so it, it, in the Sunbow original season, they did an episode called Glamour Girls. If you remember this one, where the the Joes actually turn into like children, and it's about de aging, and then the, the the lady who isn't Cobra, who was behind this whole thing, is very vain, and she ends up losing her face in a goddamn yeah. horrifying body yeah. horror moment. <laughs> And oh, if this so was, good. I remember the camera pulls back, you hear the scream, you hear the crying, uh, you know, you just like, you really get a moment to take it in. It's cheer, chilling and horrifying. And then the show ends. But if that had happened in GI Joe extreme, it would have been, I don't have a face. Wow. 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 End of episode. <laughs> it would have been it amazing was, to be fair. I mean, uh, it, it, my first thought was like, Oh, uh, this uh, show got overstuffed. They cut yes, a whole did. bunch of stuff, um, and then I'm like, "But they still had the montage in there, yep. which means that it was a priority for the producers to have that minute long uh, uh, <laughs> instrumental montage at the expense of like some really decent writing." Yeah, yeah. Cool, excellent moment. Uh, uh, most recent in media for me, Hitman 3 has a very similar ending to it in almost the exact same kind of similar way. And I and I really like, I like this ending. I like it when you don't kill the villain, you leave them not remembering they even were a villain. I think it's a good twist that's not done often enough. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk about the PSA really quick because the kid catches fire. Yeah, this was hilarious. <laughs> this, how amazing! There, the, now this is again. This is a GI Joe PSA from Sunbow. They just retooled and reskinned for this. Was it? Oh, I don't oh, remember. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'll have to find it. Uh, I just find like the the whole like eight minute video of all the PSAs, uh, just so we could watch it, so we know what we're talking about, so we can be like, so you could so you could be like that Leonardo DiCaprio meme where you're just like ah, and then point at the screen when it comes on. Um, uh, but yeah, so you catch fire. I think this was spirit. I think spirit, uh, was the one who did this one where, uh, <laughs> the kid catches fire. He's like, I'm going to run for the river. And spirit's like, you dumb motherfucker grabs a blanket, wraps him with a blanket, rolls him on the ground a few times. and says, you're not on fire anymore. Dipshit. And I think that's how it ends. I'm I, sure. I realize that like all of these PSAs rely on the fact that kids are doing something and there's always a Joe nearby, but like these are two boys alone in the woods. Oh, I guess sure. they're camping or something. So the fact that a Joe was nearby with a kid-sized blanket <laughs> makes it 
especially Listen. creepy. Listen. Like, he, it's not it's not just like this these are kids walking down a street and they don't look the other way and a Joe jumps out and over. This is like kids on a on a solo camping trip in the middle of the woods. It's already dark out. <laughs> and like there's a Joe that's like, Well, hello, it looks like you need some fire safety lessons. And also and no to point one out is like, whoa, where'd you come from, dude? Yeah. To to be fair, the kids don't know the G.I. Joe is there, so he is hiding from them <laughs> in this moment and uh, jumps out when he's needed. One we gotta talk about, uh, you are correct, because like when he wraps up in the, the blanket, he hugs a little too close and too long. I mean, he could have <laughs> put him on the ground and rolled him, but he's like, No, too close, man. Uh two, if they are indeed alone in the forest. That's reason to call CPS because these kids are not old enough, <laughs> not old to be enough out in the wilderness on their own. Well, you know, in the '90s, things were different, Chan. No, we can they were. Speak to this: kids were allowed to go to the store by themselves mm-hmm. on their yes. bikes. That was like two miles away. Okay, buy fine. cigarettes. Like yeah. this is just mm-hmm. what kids were doing in the Cigarette? '90s. Latchkey kids was an absolute thing that I absolutely had. Yeah, no, uh, no, we were given was- a lot more freedom and a lot less safety, and uh, this is why. The 90s had serial killers. I was a latchkey kid. I was never sent 200 miles out into the middle of nowhere. Yo, 200 miles. People have woods in their backyard. All you, you, you just hike a few hundred like feet in, or you hike like a quarter of a mile in. You set up your crap and you're still on the two acres of land or a hundred acres of land. If you were my friend in high school. When we used to camp in his in his woods in his backyard. Okay, hold on. Now that I've been in New York uh, and seen this sort of thing, I can attest that, in fact, uh, that is possible. That is not a thing that happens out on the West Coast, uh, certainly <laughs> not, not in Los Angeles. So I, I, if it weren't for this experience, I would have told you that you are a bullshit liar. <laughs> um, but then when you mentioned your hundred acres of land just laying around that you could just wander into i was like oh okay well that's gina's childhood growing up no first of all it's not mine not mine i had had a friend whose parents were very rich and they owned like a hundred acres most Mm -hmm. of it woods so Mm -hmm. so the the guys would take their jeeps back in there Mm-hmm. And we would go camping, but it was not mine. My parents live on two acres, which is still nothing to scoff at. That's a lot of land. New look, Jersey, I grew up man. with woods in my backyard. So, I mean, look, this is a very normal Midwest thing. Uh, yeah. I can speak to. Thank you. Uh, Chan, definitely, Chan like, you, you should have gone to the beach for camping. That's the, that's how they do it out here is beach camping. We can't afford the beach. <laughs> You know, uh, Gina, uh, you know what they call beach camping. They call it being homeless out here, unfortunately. That's, that's, that's not okay. It's not okay what you did just there. Now I'm the one doing gotcha. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like this episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Great episode. Let me let, let's go ahead and break it down right now. Uh guys, I think G.I. Joe Extreme, like again, like do it again, like a 5.5 on MDB. And Deke era got 7.6 or something like flip those two. Deke is Garbo. This is delightful. And, and no offense to, you know, our friends who made the Deke episodes. We love them. 
Uh, but let's face it, they're just not the same quality. G.I. Joe Extreme has been shockingly good. We say it every week. I keep waiting. I don't know for y'all. I keep waiting for the shoe to drop and this thing to get real shitty real fast. Yeah, And they same. just keep giving me pretty decent episodes. And I think because Roger Slifer is one of the executive producers, he's a pretty big name in comic books, uh, kids at home, uh, especially back then. So I, I got to believe he's holding this to a higher level of quality and won't let it slip. And just respect to the team uh, at Sunbow behind G.I. Joe Extreme. They're doing a fantastic job keeping this thing going. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. I think it's I think it's it's not a chore to watch every week like it was with Deke. Uh, Guys, it was getting real rough. And I feel like the Deke norm was if there was anything good in an episode, uh, uh, it was shocking. Whereas yes. this now I expect it to be good. So if it gets bad, I'll be especially pissed. Chan. I continue to expect it to start to suck real soon. Uh, and I will always for the rest of time, uh, expect that to be the case. <laughs> Even after we've seen them all and they were all good. Here's the thing. I was watching something, uh, with my kid and I was like, you know what? This isn't, good it's it's not bad Jan, just, just say it was ryan's good. world and move on uh and i was told uh <laughs> in no uh, in much the same tone i believe you have also said this uh not every show can be bluey and i was like well yeah but they should be so well, sure. uh yes i am holding everything now to uh a, it, a basically impossible standard. So you're every holding you show, comparing GI Joe Extreme to Bluey. Is this what I'm getting out of this? Every show needs That's to be really good, or it can go to hell. Guys, if you have kids at home, you're not watching Bluey on Disney Plus. Dear Lord, it's amazing. You should be doing that. Oh, and also in, check out My Three Dads, where we talk about Bluey. <laughs> We're in peak TV. Like right now, I'm excited to watch Ted Lasso every week. I'm excited to watch what we do in Shadows every week. I'm excited to watch. Uh, uh, John Oliver. There's there's a bunch of shows that I'm like actively excited to watch. Law and Order and SVU. Anytime that I'm not SVU, I get angry that I'm forced to spend time when I could be spending it watching something really awesome. True. I mean, one of the advantages of having this gigantic just glut of great shows and content producers is just so much. Ama- there is more amazing stuff coming out than you can physically watch. Like, unless you're Gina, unless you're Gina, and and you're still just going to rewatch eleven seasons of Arrow anyway. So I don't That's know what fair. we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I, I'm only I'm up to the new ones that I hadn't seen yet. <laughs> what rewatch of Supernatural are you on, Gina? I haven't started it yet, but I am rewatching the the new Doctor Who, so I can get back up to the the new new doctor who because i haven't seen any of the lady doctor episodes because i've been waiting to do my rewatch <laughs> fair enough <laughs> but now that you mentioned i should rewatch supernatural <laughs> oh dear lord dear lord there are so many things i want to rewatch but i don't have time to just watch the new things i want to watch Look, some of us have a thing called priorities and yours are clearly not correct <laughs> Some of us have these things called children. Yeah. Some it, of us have these things, things called consequences of your decisions. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that was on the short list of uh, names for our kid. Uh, 
Oh my gosh. If his name was consequences for your decisions, Clark Chan, I'm not going to lie. It would have been the greatest. That's the greatest. You can't top that. That's a win. <laughs> it's a very, it's like a pilgrim name. It is. <laughs> and that's our show. Everybody GI Joe extreme. Look, we're 10 of 13 episodes deep in season one. I'm willing to go out there and say this shit's not going to get bad. At least by the end of season one, it's we have three more episodes, Chan. You're running out of time. The clock is going soon, and you're behind in this game. Uh, I, I I can I will acknowledge that uh, the season is probably going to end up fine, but uh, I don't know what it's going to look like once uh, they run out of uh, uh, Buzz's material. I mean, here's the deal. That's an excellent point. <laughs> At the end of 13 episodes, we might be done. I don't know. But uh, we'll, we'll keep going. Uh, and when we hit season six of Knowing, is, it's half the podcast. God, why are we still doing this? Season six. We got a lot gonna, more G.I. Joe. It's going to pay off eventually. For Look, you. You're gonna fair, yeah, the number of yeah. jobs Gina's gotten out of this show. <laughs> Legitimately, Gina's gotten, what, three jobs out of doing this show? Uh, I get three jobs out of everything that I do, though. I mean, fair. Wow. Fair enough. And look, I've gotten to meet all of the writers and voice actors uh, from my childhood as a result of doing this show. And Chan has gotten to watch us do the things I we got wanted to, to do. I got to eat some snacks. <laughs> I did spend some of those Japanese <laughs> snacks to the show. Japanese look, cat. that would be enough to get me to do anything. So I mean, that's well, that's how we got you in the door in the first place. <laughs> Wait, was I supposed to be getting snacks this whole time? Don't worry about that. Okay, so guys, there's a lot of ways that you can interact with us. You can go on Facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Uh, go on uh, uh, Patreon, knowing is half the podcast, uh, or what? Patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. We are going to be doing, Chan, we got to set this up when you get back to Los Angeles uh, sooner rather than later. We're going to set up a Saturday afternoon uh, recording. Uh, we're going to do another live show of G.I. Joe Operation Robot Assassin Find Your Fate coming up in the next few weeks, uh, hopefully. So look for that. We're going to be doing it soon. And otherwise, you can hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we are on Twitter at G.I. Joe Podcast. But individually, I am at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And that has been G.I. Joe Extreme. Episode 10, Now Hear This. Now Hear This. G.I. Joe Extreme is pretty good. That's how you want to end it. I, I assumed you were going to drop the show right there. Now it's Now it's weird. Critical. Roll call! Ballistic! Harpoon! Mayday! Black Rider! Dungeon Damage! Quick Sight! Metalhead! Right! Lieutenant Stone! The odds are a million to one! And that's the way we like it! Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee! Hey, I'm Kevin Israel! We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. GuttingTheSacredCow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.